Good, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this fall day. I hope you are doing super fantastic. This is Bob Bolden with Life Transformed Coffee and Christ, and I am flying solo today. Brenda is not with me, but never fear, we continue on. And I have my coffee here. I'm sitting up in the what we call the library room in our house. So pretty exciting. Um, so let's jump right in today. So the verse of the day is, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? That's from Psalms 27. And man, oh man, as I read that, um, again, that, you know, the first line, the Lord is my light and my salvation. That is it. And I love light. Light has been uh, coming into my awareness a lot lately. And you know, God is light. So anytime... You know, what I'm feeling on this one is anytime any kind of darkness starts to set in, remember, if I need light, I need to look to the Lord. That is the place that I look, is to the Lord for that light. And, um, you know, I, I've, and you guys will probably hear about this. Some of you have already, but a good friend of mine recommended a book. And it, it's all about you know, friends and people that are close to your, you in your life. If you're heading down a dark path, these are the friends that stop, they put their arms out, and they don't let you go down that dark path. They remind you who you are, that you were created for love and abundance, and they get you back on the path to light. So I love that. I just love the fact that uh, this psalm, specifically is talking about leading back to light and I am so fortunate to have people in my life that I can turn to that will do that um, so why should I be afraid that is the key you know there's the question the Lord is my light and my salvation so why should I be afraid and that's a question that we need to ask ourselves if we are afraid at all why are we I mean, it's a deep question. It's an introspective question. Because remember, God is love. And where there is God, God and his, his abundant love, it just drowns out all fear. So there is no fear in God. So if, if, if I'm afraid, it's because I haven't embraced God in, in, in the fullest, the I am. So awesome. The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Boom, that's drop the mic. Uh, there's no need for any trembling at all um, if, if we have our God. So this is so re reassuring and um, life-giving for me to know that that is, God is the answer to every question. It truly is. So, um, wow, perfect. I love this verse. 
Love the verse. Okay, let's go into our devotional for today. Oh, and I think... Sorry, I'm just getting caught up. Okay, let me go to it. Just had to see how our folks responded yesterday. Okay, so today's devotional. The Joys of Community. What is poverty? In response to this question, Western audiences often name the physical things that they perceive those in poverty lack. Food, money, clean water, etc. But in the 1990s, the World Bank posed this question to more than 60,000 individuals living in low-income countries, and their responses surprised researchers. Rather than focusing on physical needs, individuals described the experience of living in poverty as strained relationships, low self-esteem, and feelings of anxiety, helplessness, and isolation. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is hitting home so much. These insights echo the wisdom in Ecclesiastes, which laments the hardships of solitary life and offers a new alternative to share in life with others. At the heart of every Christ-centered community is love. Despite inevitable moments of discord or awkwardness, the ultimate core of community is experiencing the love of others and through that experiencing the love of God. As we do, we can't help but share with others out of the abundance we've received. When people gather together because of Christ, His presence counteracts the consequences of the fall, bringing His kingdom of wholeness to the world and to our hearts. Once again, we can catch a glimpse of the joyful, loving communion the Lord originally intended for His beloved creation. And the action for this one is... Um, Reflect individually or as a group on times when the presence of others has helped you overcome emotional, physical, spiritual, or social poverty. Wow. Rejoice in the community that surrounds you by sharing words of affirmation and thanksgiving for others, either in person or in writing. Okay, you guys, this is amazing. This is amazing. You, you don't even know how how this hits home for me um and and i'll speak for me what is poverty and there was a time when i lived in you know what they described as western audiences because i would have named <laughs> the physical things they uh I would have named the physical things that they perceive those in poverty lack. Food, money, clean water, etc. But now, you guys, in my spiritual awareness, in my spiritual awakening, in the person that I am, right now, I would answer like the 60,000 individuals living in low-income countries. Because their response was, Rather than focusing on physical needs, individuals describe the experience of living in poverty as strained relationships, low self-esteem, and feelings of anxiety, helplessness, and isolation. Oh my goodness. That, that captures exactly 
how I feel. And when I see, when I see those things, that is true poverty. I think that's, for me, that's God's poverty. He knows that the things of this world are not what is important. It is those things, those community things, relationships, self-esteem, feelings of anger. All those things are, are this world things. And, you know, through Life Transform, that is exactly what we're building, is we are building. We are building a community of people who would answer it this poverty question based on the 60,000 individuals living in low-income countries. Because I think we, I'll speak for me, and I think I can speak for several, several others in our community. Uh, this will be an interesting, I think I'm going to pose this question. We'll get to see what uh, a couple of other people in the community said in response to this here in a second. But this one is just so powerful for me. Um, when people gather because of Christ, his presence counteracts the consequences of the fall. Yes, bringing his kingdom of wholeness to the world and to our hearts. Okay, so reflect, rejoice in the community that surrounds you by sharing words of affirmation and thanksgiving for others either in person or in writing. That is a drop the mic, you guys. So I encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast and you are to this point in the podcast, do that. Reach out to that community. Uh, and I, you know what? It's funny because I sent that out to about 15 people just before this podcast because they have been praying uh, for me and for Brenda and I just said, you know, I, I said, thanks. And I said, I feel the Holy Spirit working. So this is amazing. Okay, let's read from Ecclesiastes 4. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Holy cow. Ah, okay. <laughs> you guys, that is exactly... This is... This is what Brenda and I's marriage was based on, the triangle. Hmm. <laughs> And here it comes up today. It is only God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, 
understand that um, God is working all the time for our good. If we love him, <laughs> all things are working together for our good if we love him. And I testify that that is true, that he can, he can just lead us no matter what. If we turn to him and we turn to the community around us and to the people, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Yes, you guys. So the power is in the community. Oh, I'm so, I'm so blown away. Okay, so I'm going to do my response here. And you guys have heard some of it. The power is in the community. Um, and it's because that's the way God designed us. He did not design us to be in isolation. I love that. <clears throat> so, if I ever find myself in isolation, then I need to, as fast as I can, scurry to get around other Christ followers. Because that's when Satan can attack if I am not amongst those, those followers. I love this. So the power is in the community because it's the way God designed us. I will seek out my brothers and sisters in Christ. So interesting. Yesterday, we did our, did the devotional at Stories Coffee, and my friend Caitlin joined me for that. Um, tonight, my friend David is going to hang out with me. I think that stuff is so powerful. Rob, my friend, uh, sent me a text first thing this morning saying he loved me. Holy cow, right? It's happening. I need community in my life is what Rob wrote this morning. True community brings me closer to God. Amen, brother. That is so true. <clears throat> Love that sentiment. And Russell hasn't weighed in yet, so we'll get his response here uh, in a second. I can share that with you guys, maybe on the next pod. Okay, now let's go to the Bible. And today I'm super excited because we are starting Revelations. And I have never, ever, ever read Revelations. So this is the first experience. So let's start here. John always, John Maxwell does a, a prelude. He said, the book of Revelation differs from every other New Testament book. It contains not only a message for the first century church to whom it was written, but also to the church through the ages, particularly those living in the end times who will see Christ's return to earth. The Apostle John, the author of this unique book, wrote five books in the New Testament. This was his last, written just before his death. The name Revelation comes from the main event of the book, the revealing of Jesus to the world's inhabitants in the final days. So what does this prophetic book have to say about leadership? First, it is a book about vision. God gave John a vision about the final events of world history. In the midst of this grand vision, John teaches us 
how to live and perceive life in light of the revelation. Vision drives all good leaders throughout the book. We see its power to change lives. Second, it is a book about virtue. The book revolves around the final conflict between good and evil, God and Satan. Consequently, we see the centrality of God's character and virtue as he ensures that right makes might and that virtue triumphs. Good leaders continue to stand for what is right despite occasionally losing battles. Third, it is a book about a verdict. Leaders must draw tough conclusions somewhere along the way. They can research, hold focus groups, and survey the needs of a culture. But sooner or later, they must issue a verdict about what they perceive to be true. Leaders make decisions. This book is about the verdict God and his people make, a verdict that influences the whole world. Fourth, it is a book about vigor. John and the saints throughout history display passion, energy, and deep convictions. This book teaches leaders that logic alone accomplishes little. Success comes with passionate commitment and radical obedience. Woo! Yes. Finally, it is a book about victory. Revelation vividly portrays the imminent showdown between God and Satan. God is the ultimate leader, while Satan is the temporary influence, the God of this age. As Paul put it in Corinthians 4.4, Although Satan's influence is real, he has no chance in the final struggle. The ultimate leader practices the law of victory. Whoa, I cannot wait. All right, you guys, let's dig in. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pangamum, Theatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. 
His feet were like bronze, growing, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. All right. So here's what uh, John Maxwell says about one revelation. The Apostle John lived an amazing life of service to Christ. Not only was he numbered among the original 12 apostles, but Jesus included him in his inner circle during his earthly ministry. John walked closely with the Lord and even witnessed Jesus' transfiguration. Later, following Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, John became a respected leader in the church at Jerusalem. He also wrote the gospel in three New Testament letters that bear his name. John enjoyed a life of full service to Christ, but before he died, God would give him one more assignment, prophet. During the latter part of John's life, as he sat in exile on the rocky and remote island of Patmos, he penned the book of Revelation, a prophecy detailing the final conflict between good and evil. John adopted the attitude and mindset of a truly godly leader. He devoted himself to doing what God had assigned him to him right up to the very end of his life. John knew that God had called him to a lifetime of service, and he saw his own life, his own body, as expendable for the purpose of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Wise leaders keep in mind that each day God gives them is to be used for his glory and the benefit of his people. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. That is truth right there. Listen to that. Wise leaders keep in mind that each day God gives them is to be used for his glory and the benefits of his people. Yes, we. I tell you what. <laughs> That is so good. It is like, yes, that's what we have to do each day. I, I say I, I have to have that mindset each and every day. Everything I do is to serve the kingdom for, for his glory and benefits of his people. That's what I am doing. And you guys, sometimes that can mean tough choices. Because, as I said earlier, with the, with the who stuff, if you're a good friend, you're not going to allow friends to go down that dark path. You have to stand there and just not let them go and direct them back to the light. And that is what I got from this. Okay, and now John also has some other pontifications. While John worships God on the island of Patmos, Jesus speaks to him. But when he turns to hear the voice, he sees a vision. For the remainder of the book, John describes the vision that drove him to write and encourage others. Vision always drives leaders, especially when they believe God is its source. Note the qualities of a divine vision. It is not discovered or created, but revealed. It doesn't compete with others, but completes others. 
It is captivating, not optional. I cannot get it out of my mind. It's the goal. Its goal is not to make money, but to meet needs. Amen. Transformation centers all around the world. Holy cow. Oh, man. Its success depends not on staying ahead of others, but on serving others. It stops me before it drives me to act. Yes. Oh my gosh. Its fulfillment doesn't rest on staying ahead of others, but on simple obedience. Its purpose is not to feed my ego, but to glorify God. Amen there. Oh man, this is so speaking to me, you guys. Our whole, my whole vision. It isn't mine, it's God's. It's transformation centers all over the world. It's, 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 these centers will make it easy for people to find God and to know God. And it's all for his glory. Every single bit of it. All, any money is going to be the river. It's going to flow right back through and out again to create more of these opportunities. And, and this vision, this is just, I, I, I had Holy Spirit moments last night about this. And it's just being just driven home to me in a way that um, I know it's, it's, it's God speaking. So um, this is just overwhelming. I love it. I love it. Okay, so, and, and I am going to obviously take a picture of that because it, it definitely speaks to my heart. And it's something that, that I'm going to continue to study. So this first book of Revelation has been revealing <laughs> for me uh, to this point, for sure. And, and hopefully, hopefully for you too. So, you know, the purpose of this podcast, Coffee with Christ, is to give you a chance to commune with the Word. At least once a week with us. Um, and, and I know that if you do this consistently, great things are going to be revealed to you as well. So now let's look at the verse of the day. Okay, so today is October 29th, I believe, yes. Okay, the bold is linger in my presence a while. Rein in your impulses to plunge into the day's activities. Beginning your day alone with me is essential preparation for success. A great athlete takes time to prepare himself mentally for the feat ahead of him before he moves a muscle. Similarly, your time of being still in my presence equips you for the day ahead of you. Only I know what will happen to you this day. I have arranged the events you will encounter as you go along your way. If you are not adequately equipped for the journey, you will grow weary and lose heart. Relax with me while I ready you for action. Ooh. Be still before the Lord all mankind because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Oh boy, I love that. Hebrews, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. For sure, this world can, you know, back to what we read earlier, this world, you know, another revelation that came to me this uh, in the last week has been this is Satan's world. The evil one, as it's said in, I think it's 3 John 5, the evil one rules this world. So just for me, knowing that, that the evil one rules this world, it's like, oh, well, now this makes sense. So when, and, and, and I know that, and, and in that, in that piece of scripture, the, the message was, all right, just realize the evil one rules this world, but you are not from or of this world. The way I describe it is I have to live in this world, but I'm not of this world. So what I'm called to do is to be an ambassador for God in this broken world that, that Satan has control of. The cool part is God's already beat Satan. So I have an eternal life with God, and this is temporary here today. So he has sent me to be an ambassador um, and my brothers and sisters in Christ to be ambassadors, to show this broken world, these people who are living in Satan's world, that there is a better way. There is light. There is light. And I am just exploding with uh, passion and enthusiasm to be that ambassador for God. So hopefully you guys... Um, if you're, if you're hearing this message this morning and it's speaking to you, reach out. Um, I want to get you in our community because we that is our goal is to help other people feel what we feel. Uh, help other people get nudged the way we're being nudged and, 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 and show the world a community of people that, that are truly living heaven on earth right here in the midst of all this craziness <laughs> that we have to endure. So thank you so much. Um, again, this is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed. We are the professional, sorry, we are the intentional gatherers. We get people out of isolation and into community because that's what the design is, was, and will be for us, always from our awesome God. Amen. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.